Amen, amen. How good is it to hear that singing? I loved when the camera panned and showed the view of when this church sanctuary was full. It just brought back memories, memories that I hope will soon come back to us. Um, it was, it, it still moved me. Um, and I thank you, uh, Pastor Otley, for your continued ministry here in this community, Ministry of Music. Also want to thank uh, the pastoral staff, uh, John, Griselda, Anwar, and I saw you, Chris. Thank you guys for the love that you sent to me. Caught me completely off guard. I uh, had no idea you were going to do that, so I thank you. It, it touched me, made me feel good. America King, happy birthday to you. And I just found out that someone in my Sabbath school class just one hour ago, less than an hour ago, we were all in Sabbath school, and someone in our class had a birthday. Everyone said happy birthday to me, but we didn't know it was your birthday. Happy birthday, Keisha Samuel. We love you, and me, you, and America just happened to share the coolest birthday ever, so there's that. I'm excited about today's word, and I'm excited that you are here with us. Friends, we are in the middle of a worldwide traumatic event. Our lives are being disrupted in profound ways. And I think deep down in all of us, we know that there's a new normal that is going to remain even when the pandemic is over. If a month ago, Jim Armstrong would have told me that everyone except doctors, nurses, grocery store workers, and garbage men would have been working from home, I would have laughed. If Cecil and Tara told me that every school in the country was going to transition to online learning, I would have thought that they were joking with me. If a month ago, Dunbar Henry told me that the government was going to send me and every other American a check, I thought, I would have thought he was a disillusioned Andrew Yang supporter. Yet, here we are. If Pastor Nixon would have told me that the riskiest part of my week was going to be going to the grocery, I would have said, Pastor, you've been working too hard. You need to get a little bit of rest because that's not true. All of those scenarios, laughable a few weeks ago, now they hour our current situation, our new normal. And yes, the grocery store is the riskiest part of my week. I have a story. We were running low on toilet paper, as you may be. Uh, Andrea was up early, strategizing, and she saw that Target was saying they had some in their store near us. So she said, "Hun, would you mind going there for when the store opens? 
they have some aisle 61A. Just go there. They have a lot. They have these huge packs, they said. So I said, cool. Threw on my jeans. I was out the door. So I get to the Target. Before they open, there's already 30 people outside all waiting to get in. The doors open and everyone bolts. Now, I didn't run. I knew exactly where to go. There was a little bit of purpose in my step, but I reached there before everyone else because they didn't know the shortcut. So I went to the shortcut. I got to the section. There was no 36 packs. And there wasn't a lot of whatever was there anyway. There was like these little six packs, and there was maybe eight, nine, or ten of them. The sign said you could grab two. I grabbed two, put them in my cart. I was going to the register. Just when I turned to go to the register, that's when the rest of the crowd caught up. And it was not pretty. People were pushing. It was getting tense. And then, I kid you not, someone came in from behind with their cart. They banged into the other carts and dove for the last six-pack of toilet paper. I witnessed the whole thing. During crisis, we act in ways that we didn't know we were capable of. Some for the good and some for the bad. It's also true that during times of crisis, when the heat is turned up in our lives, we could be molded in ways which we couldn't when the heat was not applied. Think about it. Have you ever seen on like the Discovery Channel or something where they are showing how stuff is made and you have a a blacksmith and he's working on a piece of metal. When he wants to move a piece of metal, he gets that thing white hot. He applies heat. And then with that metal white hot, he could bend it this way and that way with little to no effort at all. If there was no heat, he wouldn't be able to touch that metal. He wouldn't be able to budge that metal one inch. Whereas where there's heat, he can move it anywhere he wants. COVID-19 has caused major disruption to our lives. It's a global trauma and some of us are learning who we are in this crisis. But we have a choice. We can either let this virus and our fear dictate how we are going to respond, or we can trust God and let Him shape us into the best version of ourselves. COVID-19 is not the first disruption that God's children have had to endure. And what I want to do in the next 15 minutes, this thing is going to be brief. What I want to do in the next 15 minutes is read a few passages from an ancient story, a story of even greater disruption than ours today. And then I want to notice how those people responded to see what we could learn about going through crisis. So I'm going to start reading from my Bible, Exodus chapter 1 starting verse 8. You could join us uh, by reading your Bible, and the words will also be provided here. So we're starting Exodus chapter 1, 
verse 8. It reads like this. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to the people, Look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we are. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them. Let us, lest they multiply. And it happened in the event of war that they also join our enemy and fight against us. And so go up out of the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burden. And they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Pithom and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were in dread of the children of Israel. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage, in mortar, in brick, and in all manner of service in the field. Talk about being disrupted. There was a new leader in town. He was an insecure narcissist. Okay, I want you to listen to this. This leader was ill-equipped to lead his people. He was a weak man who did not like foreigners. He was a bigot and a xenophobe. And he viewed outsiders as a threat to national security. Come on, somebody. He was envious when others did well. And he used fear to unify hatred against them. You know who I'm talking about. Pharaoh. Why, you thought I was talking about someone else? You see his paranoia and cowardice in wanting to place Egypt first. Egypt first. In verse 9, he says, Look, the children of Israel are stronger than we are. Let's deal shrewdly with them. Or they're going to multiply. And if there's a war, they'll join our enemy and fight against us. That's called fear-mongering. Pharaoh was not the first insecure and weak leader, and God knows he will not be the last. Reading his description of the shameful characteristics seems very familiar, does it not? It's like reading the front page of today's news. The building blocks for wannabe dictators around the world has not changed much. He enslaved the children of Israel because they were foreigners. They couldn't work for themselves anymore. They had to work for Pharaoh. They couldn't go and come as they pleased anymore. They were slaves on a rigid schedule to build cities to fit his massive ego. The children of Israel couldn't even worship God as they had always done. Pharaoh was the only one who was allowed to be idolized. From one moment to the next, their lives were completely upended. But God had not forsaken them. He was there with them, just like He is here with us now. 
And there is no way that God was going to leave them. And there's no way that God is going to leave us to go through this alone. Exodus 2, 23. During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry of help because of their slavery went up to God. There is power when we pray. There is power when we cry out. Their prayer went up to God. Verse 24. God heard their groaning and He remembered His covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. Did you hear that? God heard the Israelites and he came down because he was concerned about them. God heard his children crying and he was getting ready to unleash holy hell on Pharaoh to set them free. Right now, our lives don't look anything like they used to. Our routine of getting up, hitting the gym, dropping the kids off at school, going to work, grabbing a bite with some friends, all of that is completely turned upside down. Yesterday, I heard 6 million people filed for unemployment. They think that number is going to soar to 40 or 50 million. In addition to that, the stock market, along with our 401ks, has taken massive hits. People are selling their soul for a roll of toilet paper at Target. And our lives have been disrupted in profound ways. But here's the thing. God has not forsaken us. He has not forgot about us. And it is not a vaccine that will save us. It's going to take something much, much greater than a vaccine. We're going back to Exodus. In chapter 3, Moses has his breathtaking, holy ground experience when he meets God in the form of a burning bush. And this is what Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 says. God is talking here. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people. I have heard their cries of distress because of the harsh slave driver. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them out of the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own and fertile and spacious land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Verse 10 says, Now go, Moses, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. What a powerful story. I love how God has preserved these awe-inspiring texts, these passages that we could read in times of crisis, that we could read when we are discouraged. And it will remind us that our God is not a God who sleeps. Our God is a powerful God who has come down to rescue us. Scripture says that 
God sees that we are oppressed and he is doing something about it. That's my God. Sometimes we are tempted to think that no one sees the suffering that we have to endure. Maybe you are in an abusive relationship and this stay-at-home order has been horrible because you've been trapped in the room with that guy. God sees you. Maybe you have lost your job, one of the six million people so far, and you are crying out to God. God hears you. Maybe all of this is getting to you, the corrupt and incompetent leadership, the injustice that the poor and the elderly seem somehow more disposable than the young and the rich, the death toll that keeps on climbing. God sees, God hears, and God has come down to do something about it. Here's the thing. Sometimes we think that God is asleep. Sometimes we think that the way that God is acting isn't the best way that he should act. That there's a better plan. If he would just do things this way, that would help the whole situation. Sometimes we think God isn't doing anything because our understanding of victory is very selfish. And here's what I mean. We are primarily concerned with just ourselves. Talking about, I have to take care of me and my family. Well, that's a selfish way of thinking. Because God doesn't want a victory for just you and your family. God wants a victory for all of his kids. So his plan is going to look a little different than your plan. God sends Moses to Pharaoh and Moses demands, goes right up to Pharaoh, that narcissist. And he says, Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh isn't impressed. Actually, this makes Pharaoh really upset. How dare you come to me and say, I want a day off to go worship your God. I'm the only God around here. So Pharaoh made him work harder. They had to produce more brick without straw. Maybe the children of Israel thought, God was sleeping. Look, I I knew it. That wasn't a good idea. He should have just come in here with lightning bolts and blast everything. But look, God's plan is not working. It was working, friends. God was not sleeping then, and God is not asleep now during COVID-19. He is just getting started. Not long after that first encounter with Pharaoh started the plagues. And the plagues were the rescue plan. The water turned into blood. Then there was frogs that infiltrated the land. Then there was lice. Then there was flies, disease, boils on the body, hail falling, turning into fire, locusts, the the day turning into night. 
And finally, the death of the firstborn. Pharaoh had disrupted. Check this out. Pharaoh had disrupted the lives of the children of Israel. And now God was turning that disruption on Pharaoh's own head. Our enemy might be trying to disrupt our lives through COVID-19, but the tables are just about to turn. We are in quarantine right now, and I was getting all emotional, you know, seeing the video of uh, the praise set and seeing all of these pews filled. No one's here now because we're all in quarantine. What do you think life was like in Egypt when all of the plagues were falling? Life was completely upended. It was like nothing before with all of those plagues falling. No one was going outside. There was hail falling and it was turning into fire. There was frogs everywhere. There was all of these type of disease uh, and, and the livestock, lice, and all this kind of stuff, it was completely dark at noon. There was no electricity there, okay? Everyone was at home. It was a quarantine. And actually, God issued a stay-at-home order. Did you know that? It's right here in the book of, in the text of Exodus. God issued a stay-at-home order. Let's read it. Exodus Chapter 12, verse 21. Listen to the stay-at-home order. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourself according to your family and kill the Passover lamb. Did you know Passover begins on Wednesday? Kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood, that is in the basin, and strike it on the lintel and on the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. This is a stay-at-home order. And none of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. Moses was communicating God's stay-at-home order. God wanted people to stay home and save lives until the plague had passed. And did you notice what kept them safe from the plague? Was it a vaccine to the plague? Verse 23, For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, And when he sees the blood on the lintel, and when he sees the blood on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over and not allow the destroyer to come into the house to strike you. That was the very first Passover that our Jewish brothers and sisters have been celebrating ever since that time. And isn't it something that this year's Passover begins in just a few days. Not only that, the whole world is at a stay-at-home order until the plague passes over. We have to stay home during Passover, y'all, just like they did back then. 
there is a beautiful connection from that ancient story to ours. Do you see it? Now, before I continue, I need to be crystal clear with what I am about to say and what I am proposing. No, COVID-19 is not the last plague of modern day plague or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. No, I do not believe that COVID-19 is a plague from God. Did everyone see that? Could you raise your hand from where you are? Okay, you didn't, see, you, you didn't hear that from me. And no, I do not believe that people who contract COVID-19 are somehow cursed by God. Actually, the, the contrary has been true. And what I've seen, some of the people I know who have contracted COVID-19 are spiritual giants. Some of the people who have contracted COVID-19 are because the rest of us aren't staying home. And they're brave, the doctors, the nurses, the grocery store workers. They're putting their lives on the line for us. So they're definitely not cursed by God. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this. Our lives are being disrupted. In the past, the lives of the children of Israel were disrupted. The disruptions were different, but the rescue plan is the same. Could someone say amen for me? If you're home, just say, thank you for the rescue plan, Jesus. For the children of Israel, in bondage, the rescue plan was not an army of horses and chariots to defeat Pharaoh. No, Pharaoh... Uh, Pharaoh had his whole crew, his armies and his chariots, and he thought he was bad. And God could have had bigger chariots and bigger soldiers, angel soldiers. But he didn't choose that. Even though that's what uh, the children of Israel, maybe that's what they were thinking would be a good idea. The rescue plan for today is different than what we might think as well. We might think, hey, it would be great to have a vaccine. That would rescue us all. The rescue plan for both disruptions back in Exodus and in 2020 is not a vaccine, was not an army. The rescue plan is the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. That's the rescue plan. Jesus is the rescue. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. Friends, we are not up against COVID-19. We are up against principalities and powers. The end game is not for our body. The end game is for our brain. This pandemic will get worse in our country. But it will pass. It will be difficult but it will pass. We should wash our hands. We should practice social distancing. We should listen to our health professionals. And we should definitely pray for a vaccine. We should pray without ceasing for a vaccine. So no one else needs suffer and and die because of this thing. Those are our sacred responsibilities. But hear ye this. COVID-19 will pass away, 
but our enemy, Satan, will remain. He will continue to try to disrupt our lives. He will continue to try to take down our character. He will continue to try to make you fearful, even after COVID-19 is gone. We are made in the image of God, and He hates that. He wants to make us and fashion us, now that the heat is on, He wants to fashion us into His image. Fearful, selfish, uncaring, unkind, unresponsive to our neighbor's needs, unmoved by our brother's and sister's pain. In times of crisis, we act in ways that we might not know we are capable of. Some for the good, like these grocery store workers and these health professionals walking into the harm's way. Maybe they didn't think they had it in them. And some for the bad, selling their souls to hoard as much as they can. It is true. In times of crisis, when the heat is turned up, God can mold us in ways that otherwise would not be possible. It is also true that Satan can do that as well. The heat is on. Who will you respond to? Will you allow God to mold you? Will you share your bread? I started off talking about a story, people fighting at Target for some toilet paper. And I want to end with another one. Andrea was talking to our neighbor in an appropriate manner, uh, social distancing wise. And she shared with our neighbor that we were running low on toilet paper. Would you know it? that a few hours later, there was a knock on our door and our neighbor had left toilet paper hanging on a bag for us. So when I was at Target with my two packs of toilet paper that I had because I got there first, I knew the shortcut, grabbed my two six-packs, put them in the car on my way. Well, as I was headed to the register, I saw a senior walking with their car really slow. And they said, oh, is there any more toilet paper left? I said, Grandma, I brought one just for you. And I took it out of my cart and I put it in hers. And the smile on her face for something, for, for toilet paper. We don't need to give in to the enemy. We don't need to give in to fear. We don't need to give in to selfishness. And we do not need to give in to Pharaoh. Pharaoh's days are numbered and so are all of our enemies. Now this last little bit, you know what? I got to take off my coat for this last little bit. Because I'm about to read This scripture right here, okay? This is how we're going to end. God parted the Red Sea. His children crossed over to the other side. Arrogant and ignorant Pharaoh chased after them. 
And he sealed his own fate by doing it. That's the thing. These dictators, these arrogant and ignorant and narcissistic folk, they seal their own fate. God made the waters fall on Pharaoh. Pharaoh saw clearly that God was at work. These two massive walls of water, the children of Israel crossed in between. And Pharaoh said, this ain't nothing. I'm going to go right in after that. As soon as Pharaoh and all his army was in the middle of the Red Sea, God made the waters fall back down on them. And I'll end today with a song of victory. A song that Moses and the children of Israel wrote after Pharaoh was dealt this hand. It's a beautiful poem, really. And I want to invite you to do something. If you're comfortable, close your eyes as I read this. And I want you to visualize. Don't visualize Pharaoh from the book of Exodus. Visualize today's Pharaoh. Visualize the enemy that is haunting you. Talked about here. And so when we talk about the overthrow of that Pharaoh, I want you in your mind to visualize the overthrow of COVID-19, the overthrow of fear-mongering, the overthrow of racism, the overthrow of all the evil things that plague us here below. All right? Could you do that for me? Visualize this as I read this rich poetry from Exodus chapter 15, the end of our story, the end of our sermon. Exodus 15 reads, Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for He is highly exalted. Both horse and driver He has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise Him. My Father's God, and I will exalt Him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is His name. Pharaoh's chariots and His army He has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy and shattered COVID-19. In your greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who oppressed you. You threw down those who were racist. You threw down those who oppress all of God's children. You unleashed your burning anger. It consumed them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The surging water stood like a wall. The deep water congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy boasted, I will pursue. I will overtake them. I will divide the spores. I will gorge myself. I will draw my sword. And my hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who among God is like you, Lord? Who is like your majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working out wonders? You stretch out your right hand and the earth swallows your enemies. In your unfailing love, you will lead your people, the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them and you will guide them to your holy dwelling. 
God's unfailing love will lead us, friends. The people He has redeemed. God's strength will guide us to His holy dwelling. Do not fear. Our enemy is defeated. The blood of the Passover lamb is our victory. And this Wednesday, when the Jewish community is celebrating, let's celebrate with them because our God reigns. The the blood of the Lamb still protects us. The blood of Jesus still saves us. During this time, when the heat is turned up, let's commit to do the following as our appeal. Let's commit to allowing Jesus Christ to mold us now that the heat is turned on. Let's read these ancient stories of Scripture, not just one day a week, but every day of the week, because we need their power every day of the week. Let's share our bread. Let's share our toilet paper. Let's contact each other. Check in. See how they're doing. See how your seniors, especially elderly, check in on them. See if they have any needs. Let's Think bigger than just me and my family. And let's pray to our God every day for the strength to keep this mindset. Because it's not easy. We'll forget. We'll get distracted. We'll see the headline and get worried. We'll get the phone call that we lost our job and we'll start to panic. We'll get COVID-19 and think that that's it for us. But if we pray, I believe God honors our prayer. That although the world fall, our faith in Him will not falter. So I want to invite you right now. If you are at home, if you want to commit your life to Jesus, maybe you never have. Maybe you've just been doing it halfway Well, today is the day you want to take the stand because the times that we're living in have sobered you to the reality that you can't do it all by yourself. You need Jesus. If that is your desire, I want you to either put a comment or direct message us on one of our social media platforms. Have us uh, get in touch with you. Let us know how we could serve you. Could we pray for you in private? Could we study the scriptures together? Could we maybe start you on a plan toward giving your life to Jesus in baptism? Get in contact with us, please. We want to serve you. And maybe you have already accepted Jesus into your life. Maybe you have already been baptized. But you know that the way that you have lived, you've been living in like this fog. You've been living in the routine of everything. And this pandemic has been a disruption to your mind, to your world. You don't know what is up and what is down anymore. And for the first time, maybe, for the first time, you see your dependence and you want to give yourself anew to God. Well, I want you, if if you're listening to me, just raise your hand. God sees you. God sees you. God sees you. Amen. We're going to close with a word of prayer. And I'll invite everyone now to bow your heads, close your eyes, And let us talk to this awesome God who saves us from the hands of the enemy. Dear Jesus, 
we have been so moved by this ancient story in Exodus as we have seen the lives of your children disrupted in severe way, actually led into hard bondage. And they cried out to you. And you heard, Lord. And you came down. And you set them free. Father, your plans are so much bigger than our plans. You weren't concerned with victory for one group or another. You were concerned with victory for all of your children. And it's the same today. We're crying out, Lord. Because of the virus, we're crying out because of the lack of employment. We're crying out desperately because we miss our loved ones that have been taken as a result of this. Father, we pray to you now and we know that you hear us. And so we invite you to come down into our hearts and help us to accept Jesus Christ, the blood of the Lamb, which is our ultimate rescue plan. Thank you for those who have responded. Someone is still waiting to respond. Lord, give them the courage to reach out. Be with us until we are together again. Help us to search scriptures daily. Pray to you daily. Call on our friends daily. We love you. Help us to share our bread. We ask all this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And all of God's children said, Amen and Amen. Friend, we would love to connect with you. Even though it's a time of social distancing, it's a time that we are growing closer together, unlike never before. We're being so intentional about how we stay in touch. So I pray that you could join us on Wednesday for our prayer meeting, on uh, Sabbath for our Sabbath school, for our worship, and for other ways that we are trying to do. Please contact us. And until then, we pray Jesus on you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.